The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And we are ready to go. John Scholes here on your radio alongside Lior Samfiru tonight is uh, hanging with us and uh, it's going to be a good show. And the show is going to be comprised of many phone calls. I'm anticipating that as you were grabbing your phone right now to call in and ask your questions. The main topic is, you know, when New York gets asked questions, someone calls and says, you know, do I need to call him? What are the absolutely most important times you need to talk to Lior? We're going to go through some of those points. Some of those might come up on our phone calls, but I got a whole list of those. When times you should absolutely grab Lior and call him at the office and talk to one of his team as well. That number as I tee up the uh, the night's events, it is one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But as mentioned, we're ready to go live here on air. Case of the day, pal. What do you got going on? Hey, Johnny, Johnny. Good to be here. Excited, mm-hmm. as always, to talk about employment law. And, you know, just as I was uh, hearing the our, our intro to the show, I was still sending some emails back, responding to people, uh, because that's what I do. I get a lot of emails, a lot of calls. A lot of questions about employment law, but I want to continue doing that over the next 30 minutes. I want to answer as many questions as possible. We have a lot of stuff we're ready to talk about and to inform and educate you, but this show is better with your voice, with your call, with the things that you want to know about. So let's uh, get that going. Call us right now if you've wondered something always about your workplace rights, if you're worried that your boss is doing something wrong or illegally, inappropriately. Maybe you think that's it. Uh, I, I'm about to be let go. And what does that mean? Is this a wrongful dismissal? Whatever the issue is, now is the time to get those answers. Inform yourself, educate yourself, arm yourself with knowledge. That's really what it's all about. And as John said, we'll give you that contact information to reach me in the office if you want to do that. Happy to chat with you, want to chat with you uh, and, and get going there. But case of the day, always want to start off with the situation that came across my desk. I spoke with a lady uh, who was very upset, actually, when I spoke to her, not at me, at her former employer. Well, what happened is a few weeks ago, uh, she had uh, spoken to her uh, HR person at her work about the fact that she felt she was being bullied and harassed by a co-worker. She, she gave him a detailed account. She followed up in writing and did exactly as I would have told her to do. I would have told her, talk to HR, put it in writing, tell them everything you know, give them all the information. And initially, HR said the right thing. Okay, thank you. We will investigate this, and we will be back to you once we've done so. So over the next few weeks, uh, she hadn't heard anything. She had followed up with them, but not heard anything. Finally, she gets called into a meeting. She's thinking, of course, well, now it's about this investigation. They're going to tell me what they found out. They're going to tell me what they've concluded. Hopefully, we're going to get some resolution to this issue. Instead, not a word is said about this harassment allegation. Instead of that, she is being let go supposedly for business reasons. Not, not a lot of information given to her. Just we're letting you go. It's a business decision, business reasons. Wish you all the best. So, of course, she calls me very upset, as I think anyone would be, because in her mind, she's being let go because she complained, because she filed this right. harassment complaint with HR. And I agree. That timing here is too suspicious for me to believe that something else is going on. And why does that matter? It matters because it's completely and utterly illegal for your employer to let you go because you've complained about harassment, because you had the audacity to make them and ask them to do their job. Remember, your employer's legal obligation, not just moral obligation, but legal obligation, 
is to investigate that harassment, to take measures to rectify it, to take it seriously. You cannot be let go because of it, not, not even uh, remotely close. It's, that could be a violation of employment standards, human rights violation, occupational health and safety violation. You name it, it's wrong. So to me, this is an employer that did something very wrong, the opposite of what they're supposed to do. I'm going to help her deal with that. Beyond just this, if we were to simply look at this as a regular termination, she was offered six weeks severance after three years of employment. She's owed about six months severance, just on the severance front. So this employer really got it wrong. But I wanted to remind everyone there, despite what I just told you, you should always feel comfortable to advocate for yourself when it comes to workplace harassment, when it comes to being mistreated in the workplace. No one should ever be in that situation. You need to tell HR about it. Let them know. Put it in writing. Give them the, the opportunity to fix it as they're required to do. If something happens, if they don't do it properly or, God forbid, they let you go like they did with, with this lady, call me. Okay, I'll deal with it. But for employers, please be smart, take it seriously, investigate, and fix the problem. You call Lior right away if any of these talking points come up over the next half hour, or others as well. Don't hesitate to call Lior anytime and get through them. Uh, the big one here, Lior, I mean, you just found out that you're being let go. Next thing should be that phone call. Whenever, whenever you know, once you get over the shock and the bucket of water in the face, right? Yeah, you know, people often kind of wonder, it's like, well, wait a second, I had, there's something going on in the workplace. When should I really call them? The, the employment lawyer, when should I call Lior? So that's what we want to talk about so that people understand when does it make sense the most to send that email, to pick up the phone, and, and the big one, where there's no exception, you absolutely have to call if you lose your job. Number one, the termination itself may be illegal, just like the one that I talked about where she was let go because of the fact that she filed the harassment complaint. But even if the termination itself is legal, which probably is in most cases, chances are that it's still a wrongful dismissal because you're owed a lot more severance than you've been offered. That's true for almost every case. It is extremely rare, John, for me to speak to someone and they've been offered proper severance. And I do this for a living. That's all I do day in and day out. I speak with people that, that have had these issues and I almost never see a proper severance package. And usually it's pennies on the dollar. So you absolutely have to. It doesn't matter if you work for a big company, small company. doesn't matter if you worked there for three months or 30 years. If you lost your job, always and forever, you got to make the call. And again, I'll say this. I've said this before on the show. If you think you don't like me, if I don't sound like someone you want to talk to, that's okay. Speak to another employment lawyer. That's fine. But you absolutely have to make that call if you lose your job without exception. Once you sign off on that severance letter, and I know there's a deadline. Once you sign off on that severance letter, you can't go back. When you realize you're owed an extra $50,000, you can't change that. So be smart. Always, always make the call. Send that email if you lose your job. And with that, we'll get into a little tiny break. We'll come back with our phone calls. Penny, I see you there. You're going to be up first. The Employment Law Show continues. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back. Employment Law Show. Good to go all week long. Times you must reach out to Leora. Absolutely. Get back to that list in just a minute. But the phone calls. Penny, thank you for standing by. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for uh, for taking the time tonight. What's your concern? So my concern is that um, I'm working at a job where I'm paid hourly. I'm required to come in 15 minutes prior to the, when my store opens. And I'm sometimes required to stay late, sometimes up to half an hour. But my boss refuses to pay me for that 15 minutes in the morning or for any time 
at night. He won't pay me for any hours outside of when our store is open. Uh, and he requires you to be there. You don't have the option not to be there. Whether you're actually physically doing stuff, you're you're required to be there. There's no option. I'm required to be there. I have to start work then. I had a discussion with it with him about it last week, and he mm-hmm. told me that um, that we're not a union shop, and that he's, <laughs> he's he it may be illegal, but he's not going to pay me for it. So I can decide then ah, whether I want to stay the at the law? job or not. Listen, I, I, I think it's silly for to expect an employer to comply with a minuscule thing like the law. No, I, I'm joking, of course. No, Penny, this is <laughs> not legal, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you cannot be – there's no such thing as free labor. It just does not exist. So whether mm-hmm. it's for one minute or one hour or whatever it is, he absolutely has to pay you for that time. Now, mm-hmm. the real question is not that because that's easy. The real question is what do you do about it? And exactly. the only thing, if, if you wanted a change, it would take one phone call to the Ministry of Labor. The question is, do you want to do that or, or not? I mean, that's up to you, but that's absolutely not legal. You can file an unpaid wages uh, claim mm-hmm. where not only would he be told he must pay you in order to pay you going forward, he'll also have to pay you and your colleagues as well, if there's colleagues, for the times mm-hmm. that you've worked that he didn't pay, going back two years, actually. Yeah. So, so okay. he has that liability. Uh, union shop, not union shop, completely irrelevant. The law simply says you cannot work for free. You cannot be made to work mm-hmm. for free. Yeah, yep. I'm aware of that. Um, I guess at this point, you know, he said to me that either I can choose to stay and suck it up or I can go. So I'm currently looking for other work, and I figure I'll call the Ministry of Labor, you know, when I have another job because, I, you know, if he's going to let me go now if I complain, you know, what am I supposed to do? Well, well, here's the thing, actually. It may not be a bad thing, and let me tell you why. So you complain. In fact, I would complain in writing so no one can deny that you've done that and say, you know, not acceptable. You have to pay me. If he lets you go, number one, you're owed severance. How long have you been there for? It's only been a couple of months. I started at the end of October. Okay, fine. But there's still severance, but also it's what we call a reprisal. You cannot be let go legally because you're trying to stand up for your rights. So that could be fines and penalties that he could be owed, that, that he could owe because of that. So mm-hmm. it would actually not be the worst thing in the world from a financial standpoint, if that's what you wanted to do. So something to consider, if you are let go, then mm-hmm. you, got, you have to call me. For that, you can't go to the ministry. Uh, you can go to the ministry only to to try to enforce the, the unpaid wages that you're dealing with, and mm-hmm. not if okay. you're let go. So if you are let go, call me. I'll help you deal with it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Penny. Appreciate your time. And uh, you probably know the number. You sound like you're uh, pretty well versed on the show, but just in case, one 821 5900 Hey, John, thanks for standing by. How are you? We're going to put him on hold, see if you can, guys can uh, get John back online for us. Let's get back to our uh, topic for the day, pal. Absolute times. You absolutely need to call Lior if these things start going down at work. Uh, number two is this. You've been told that your employer has decided decided to put you on a temporary layoff. Hope you don't mind. Yeah, well, just, you know, employee, we're putting you on a temporary layoff. And, and that's happened to thousands and thousands and thousands yep. of employees over the, the pandemic. Uh, but even outside of the pandemic, before and after, it happens very often. So the reason why you have to call me is, number one, it's not legal, okay? In most cases, an employer does not have the uh, the right to put you on a temporary layoff. That can result in what we call a constructive dismissal. 
you can treat that as a termination if you want. You don't have to wait. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to sit at home waiting to be called back to work. But the, the, the other reason why you want to call me in that situation is if you if you end up accepting it, if you sit at home, you get called back, you go back, you've given the company the right to do it again and again and again. So I know that sounds strange. I said that they don't have a right to do it, but then they can do it again. Well, they don't have a right to do it the first time. But if you let it happen the first time, if you accept it the first time, they've now earned the right to do it again. And that's what you don't want. So when it comes to temporary layoff, you don't want to be in a situation where now they can just put you on ice, uh, you know, let you uh, put you off on a temporary layoff every few months. Don't want that to happen. So if you're put on a temporary layoff, we should at least discuss this issue of constructive dismissal. And time is of the essence. You don't want to call me after you've been called back to work. You want to call me as soon as possible. John, we got you this time? Yep, I'm here. Thank you. All right. All right. What's going on, pal? Okay. um, I'm an employer, and I think we do very fair packages. And I know that the employees have the obligation to mitigate their damages. And I know for a fact that some employees are double dipping. And I was wondering if you could just comment on what the employee's obligation is to mitigate and what employers can realistically do to make sure that they're not getting ripped off, even though they've tried to be fair through the process. So, yeah, so an employee that's been let go has a a duty to try to replace the income that they've lost by looking for similar employment. We call this the duty to mitigate. And, And if an employee is able to find a job very quickly and replace the income, that can reduce the amount of severance that their former employer has to pay them. So one way to, for the employer to do that is, is to do the following, is to say instead of paying you, let's say someone is owed I don't know, eight months severance, just as an example. Instead of paying you for eight months as a lump sum, we'll continue paying you over time. But if you find another job, we'll, we'll stop paying you. Uh, and... Uh, you know, you, you can even ask as part of this that the employee provide regular reports showing that they've made some job search efforts. Another way you can do that is this, to say, okay, employee, well, eight months is what we owe you, but we're going to give it to you as a lump sum payment. But for that, we expect a bit of a discount. So because you may find another job before eight months, we'll pay you, I don't know, six months as an example. And then everyone walks away, you find a job, you don't find a job. It's kind of a win-win. So there's a couple of things that that you can do in that respect as as an employer. Uh, But, you know, the reality is this, and I want to be clear, John, that duty to mitigate, it's not a particularly onerous duty on the employee. The employee is not required to be pounding the pavement eight hours a day looking for work. They just need to make enough efforts that it doesn't seem like they're avoiding looking for work. So it's not going to be a huge deal in terms of saving the employer money uh, on the severance front. So if you find out that the employee while on, say, their salary continuance is already working somewhere else, do you have the ability to, to, to challenge that? And if you do, how do you do that? So, so if you have a deal with the employee, the, the employee accepted that there are salary continuance and that they have to tell you if they found another job. In other words, there is a signed agreement that required them to tell you and they don't. You find out later, wait a second, they, they, they started working while I was paying them and they didn't tell me despite the fact that we had an agreement, then that's a breach of contract, right? You can take legal action against them for that breach of contract for the amount that you've overpaid them. 
but that's only if that's the deal that you reached with them. So, so it's a, it's certainly something that employees should never do, uh, not tell their former employer that they found another job if they agreed to tell them that. Does that make sense? Okay. Right. So that positive obligation to tell them has to be in writing. It's not an implicit form no, of, absolutely of, of not. the it HR law. The, the agreed deal that the employer and employee reached. That has to be as part of the severance deal that they've reached. Otherwise, there's no obligation to inform the employer. Okay, no. great. Thank you very much for the clarity. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. Thank you for your time as well. Again, reaching out any further for more questions, you could do so. Lior's got a great team with them as well. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Working on down the line. Hey, Jeffrey, you are up next, pal. How are you? Good, good. You? Um, good, sir. Just curious. So let's say I uh, negotiate with my uh, employer. I want to sort of start uh, retiring. And I say like, okay, I'd like to work four out of five days, you know, get down to four days a week. And they agree with that. And then a year in, they decide, oh, uh, we don't like this. Um, If they were to let me go, would it be based on the last year, severance be based on just the last year, or is it an averaged over a certain number of years? Excellent question. And the answer is that it's based on the terms of your employment at the time they let you go. So if at the time they let you go, you're someone that works four days a week and, and earns a certain salary, it's that compensation that's going to be used to calculate your severance, even if you just started it a few weeks before. So the reality is that if you reach a deal with your employer to reduce your hours and reduce your pay, you are taking the risk that if they decide to, to let you go at that point, they're saving a bunch of money in severance. And, and if we agree, there's really sorry, not much agree, that you can yeah. do about that. You know what I mean? Because they're allowed to do that. Right. And if we agree on that, it's not like um, it's not like I'm giving them the right to lower it to three days, two days, one days, because I already agreed to go down. If I if I approach them and I say, you know, this I'd like to work four days and they agree to it, that doesn't give them the right to change it arbitrarily later, does it? No. Excellent point. Absolutely not. Because you're the one that said, hey, I have an idea and they accept your idea and your suggestion. It does not give them any rights whatsoever to change it further. No. Uh, I mean, you, you, you both, you and the employer can agree to do whatever you want if it's mutual, but it wouldn't right. give them the right. Now, the one thing you can do, I don't know if your employer will agree to that, is to say, okay, I'll agree to go down to four days a week. So let's do that. But you, Mr. Employer, agree that if you let decide to let me go at some point while I'm working four days, you're going to calculate my severance based on five days. So, I mean, nothing's stopping you from agreeing to that. But if you don't have a deal like that, if they do decide to let you go once you go down to four days, your severance is going to be based on the four-day arrangement. Right. Thank you very much. Okay. No problem. Thanks, yeah. Jeffrey. Let us know how that uh, turns out. And please uh, follow up with a phone call. Or again, you can always reach out to Lior. Uh, for more questions as it uh, as it rolls forward, one 821 5900 Also help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just get another call or two lined up for the remaining time we got. For the times you absolutely need to call Lior and why. And, uh, you know, you're concerned that your employer is slowly building up a case against you, bad performance reviews, stuff like that, because you think uh, he's going to be pushing out the door shortly. What do you think? And generally, I found in 20 years of doing this, John, that if your spidey sense is tingling, you think something's Mm -hmm. going on, probably you're right. Probably something is going on. And an obvious uh, situation is where you just think that they're building a case against you. They're negative performance reviews or, you know, they're they're starting to to 
criticize you unfairly. So the reason why you have to call me at that point is that we need to deal with that. We can't just be silent and accept it because then that could allow the company potentially to consider letting you go for cause and, and they'd have an argument as to why they shouldn't have to pay you severance because they'll say they did everything right. They they gave you performance reviews and you didn't argue with them. So we need to come up with a plan as to how we're going to respond, how we're going to deal with that so that you're not compromising your future severance. You can't stop your employer from letting you go, right, if they ultimately decide to. But what you absolutely can do is ensure that you get your full severance. And that could absolutely be as much as two years' pay. So definitely, 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 if you think your employer is building a case against you, we have to build our own case. We have to respond. We have to be strategic about it. So you really want to call me right away. Let's get Ryan on here finally in the last couple of minutes. Hey, Ryan, what's your question? Well, hey, guys, love the show. Thanks, um, man. I just want wanna, to wanna know what, what, what constitutes cause. Um, like, I've been at this job for about eight months now, and I haven't really received the proper training for the job. And my boss keeps writing me up saying that, oh, like you're not, I'm trying my best though, but he keeps saying that, you know, you're not doing this, you're not, you're not doing this good enough. And I'm, but I, and I keep asking him for training and he doesn't provide the training. Um, and so, and I, and I have been late a couple of times too, because like of traffic and that kind of thing in the morning with the 401. But um, I just want to know, could I be let go for cause in those situations? Because of that? It's going to be very difficult to let you go for cause. It's a very, very high standard. Now, in terms of the, the being late, obviously, you know, I'm always going to urge you to, to, to do your, your best to be there on time. And I urge you to, to consider whether it's traffic, you know, because that's certainly something your employer can expect is for you to be on time. Now, with respect to your, uh, the performance issues, you said that you've asked for training. That, that ask, those concerns have to be put in writing. You have to tell your employer in writing, you know, I, I'm concerned that I haven't been provided with the training. I'm asking to pr- please provide that. I want to do better. I want to I do everything you're expecting of me, but I need this training, which I was never provided. By doing that, again, in writing, you're going to make it that much more difficult for the company to even consider letting you go for cause. It's a very high standard anyway. Even after eight months, if you were to let, be let go tomorrow, depending on your job and age, you could easily be owed anywhere from two to six months of severance. And that's the key here. But put it in writing, Ryan. Uh, and if anything happens, give me a call. Ryan, thanks, pal. we got to let you go. We are out of time, but we're back at it tomorrow. In the meantime, reach out to Lior and his team anytime. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website constructed just to make you smarter and give you free access as well to the severance calculator. Over 2 million of us have used it and had our eyes open for sure. That would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.